0: Welcome to episode 26 of the Pop Anime Comics Lounge. About six weeks ago, I had the opportunity to interview Mackenzie Reed, author of The Avengers*, The Mask of the Troll, and The Avengers: Troll Creeks. But before we dive into the interview, I'd like to remind everybody, please check out popanimecomics.com. For all articles relating to anime, comics, and pop culture, as well as subscribe to this podcast so it finds you, you don't find it, and follow us on Twitter at PopAnimeComics for all updates regarding this podcast, as well as the website. So without further ado, let's dive right into this interview. So before your writing career, you were a mechanical engineer. What made you choose this path?
1: Well, in a funny kind of way, I actually, I think, started writing first before the engineering because I've been writing since I was a kid. So I wrote a ton of short stories like in elementary school and um, I even won some awards. So I was always writing, but I never thought of it as an actual career. Like it's something that you would do as a business or for money. So, you know, I'm also good at math and physics, and I love aerospace, and I I like science fiction and fantasy and all these stories where you stretch out your imagination. So there was a logical connection between engineering and the storytelling, which I didn't see at the time. But I really thought that, okay, if I take engineering and the physics, and I can go into aerospace, and I can get on the space shuttle, and I can orbit the Earth, and I had this whole great plan. Although I didn't really realize at the time that most engineers are really on the ground crew. They're not necessarily in the space shuttle. So that was a bit disillusioning when I figured that out. But I did that. And I actually was even at the University of Stuttgart for a couple of years. And so it was all really, really interesting. But this idea of, of having these adventure stories with these strong female characters kept always working away in the back of my mind. So eventually, I started writing it down. And that just kind of kept snowballing and snowballing. So that's really why, in a way, I'm reclaiming this other part of myself that sort of got forgotten for a while.
0: So you wrote as a kid. But then when did you really start to write? professionally.
1: Well, that was about five, six years ago. Well, I wrote a very rough draft of what's the first story, Troll Creek. And I did a writing course for writing for children and teenagers. And, you know, again, I still was sort of looking at it as a hobby. But then I realized one day when it started getting longer than just one book that it's becoming more of an obsession than a hobby. And that's when I suddenly realized that, you know, there's more to this. I really need to follow it through and see where it takes me.
0: And so when you first began to write, how did you balance your work with writing and editing your work? and other elements of your life?
1: I'd say it's not exactly balanced. I think the writing sort of took over and been the main focus. Because what happened with my case, because I'm from Vancouver, Canada, so I realized that I really wanted to be in New York City. So I started making trips down here, and I went to a children's conference, actually, through the Society of Children's Book Writers and Illustrators in New York City. So my first trip to New York, I show up in the middle of February. It's like dead of winter in New York City. I really didn't know my way around. Ended up in Harlem, around going, oh, (laughs) you know, knowing nothing about the city. But you know, that's what got me started. I started going to this conference, and I enjoyed it so much, and I got this feeling that New York City is a place where you feel like you meet people, things happen here. It's a very stimulating city. It's just full of energy and opportunities. And I started falling in love with New York and realized that yeah, I'd really like to connect more with people here. So I started going back and forth, which caused of course this whole chain reaction where I work for a while up in Vancouver, and then I come here for a few months, you know, and then I go back and work for a while, then I come here for a few months. And I started this sort of bouncing back and forth scenario. And it's kind of taken over now where I'm like, okay, now I want this whole trilogy completed. And I really want to eventually make this a base. But that does disrupt. You can't really do a regular nine to five job when you're traveling that much. So I started freelancing and doing part time type work. I would say the writing has definitely taken over. So I wouldn't say it's balanced, actually.
0: So what do you work on? On freelance work?
1: Um, I do some editing projects and because of the engineering background and the math skills, um, I found myself doing some accounting, and <laughs> bookkeeping, um, I've done temp work, so technical writing, all sort of short-term type contracts that I can do and some of it I can do long-distance which really helps, so you telecommute, stuff like that.
0: So having a mathematical and scientific background, how did it help you in your writing career?
2: Well, in a way, if you think about I have a mechanical engineering degree, and what that really is, it's a big problem-solving degree, and what you learn is you, you take something, a very big problem, and you break it down into manageable bits, and then you break those smaller bits down into steps. So in a way, it was beneficial for the writing career, because... A, you learn discipline because you're taking on you know a pretty big load when you're studying something like that and then you break it down into these manageable chunks so I did that with the writing like the first thing is you know you need to finish the writing and then you're trying to learn how you're going to get that story out into the world and if you have a big picture idea like I really want to reach a lot of kids the books are for you know 8 to 12 year olds and they're selling in several countries right now so my dream goal is to reach as many kids as possible so if you look at it from an engineering point of view that's a big picture item that is pretty overwhelming at first but if you break it down into the steps, right, finish the book. How are you going to publish this book? Is it print? Is it ebook? Is it audio book? Or is it going to be a bit of all? You know, how is it going to get there? Because then you get into the business side of things, which a lot of writers and artists sometimes falter. Like, the hard part is, you've written this thing, but how do you sell it? How do you tell people about it? That's a whole different skill set. So having a background in science and engineering has been helpful for me, and also this whole obsession of finishing what you
0: start. And you just mentioned your two books, The Troll Creek and The Mask of the Troll. Can you briefly describe what those two books are about and their plots?
2: Yes, so they actually are part of a trilogy. So book one is the Troll Creek and book two is The Mask of the Troll. And the trilogy itself is called The Adventurers. Think of like Nancy doing the Hardy Boys Meet Choose Your Own Adventure. So there's three kids, there's two girls and a boy, and they're going on this adventure in an old abandoned coal mine. But there's also going to be a mystery to solve. They have this 100 year old train hijacking mystery, which is an old story that's been in the town for many, many generations. And then you have the new crime. This museum has these artifacts that have been stolen from it. And of course, the adventure side is they're going to be just exploring this old mine. They're, they're zooming around, and they have some very interesting experiences <laughs> where they have to cross flooded rivers, and the main character rides their bike over a cliff and has to down climb it, and she finds this cave that's a secret entrance to the old abandoned mine. They find a skeleton with a bolt hole in his head. So a, it's a mixture of adventure and mystery, which is really fun to write. And uh, so, you know, it's a fast-paced adventure story. But And then the kids will deal with personal issues that also come up. So you have the action and adventure, but you also have the character side, where the characters will grow as they become friends and they learn about each other.
0: Now, why did you choose this background Irish-type setting?
1: I mean, I have Scottish heritage and a bit of English and Norwegian and a little Irish. So I think it comes from some of the old folklore, you know, I heard growing up. And just hearing these old stories, because I've done actual mining tours. Like, you can do that in Canada, where you can go and have a little tour of the mine. And, you know, some people give you the old stories. And it's, it's always stuck with me, this idea of working underground and this fear of being buried alive. And, and in the British adventure stories that I loved as a kid, there was a lot of tunnels and cave and buried treasure. And I know that stuck with me. And I didn't realize it until later when I was looking at my own books that, oh, yeah, I can kind of see the influence there and that idea of just exploring what's around the next corner. So it, it had a strong pull when I was a kid. So now I'm almost writing the story I really wanted to read as a kid.
0: And then you also mentioned that you're writing for middle grade. Why did you choose this demographic to write about?
1: Well, that's my favorite age group. I love working with kids in that demographic. And in a way, I think I'm kind of still there. Like, I'm still very much a kid myself. And that's an age where I just did a huge amount of writing my own stories. And I loved reading. I was just reading all, all kinds of books I could find at the library. Somehow that's really stuck with me. And it just feels like starting with that age, for me, feels like the right place to be. And I'm hoping, too, that with these stories, like, long term, I'd love to influence how girls are portrayed in middle grade adventure stories. So by writing the story I really wanted to read as a kid, I'm sharing that with the kids of today, who I know are looking for similar things. Because I've talked to a lot of kids and librarians and teachers, and they're like, yes, finally, someone's written this story. And I'm like, yay, I'm so excited to hear that. So in a way, I'm filling this void that I think is still there.
0: And how do you go about researching for this, you know, age group?
1: I did a lot of beta readers, actually, and I had, like, a junior editing program, which I did in the schools. So I've done some schools, like, on the West Coast, this is in Canada and the U.S., and some schools around New York and New Jersey area, and one in London. Like, around grade five, you know, they read story time, which is really cool. Like, they have hot chocolate, and the teacher reads out the manuscript, and they answer certain questions. And then I meet with them later, and we talk about it. And then for the older kids, they just have their own copy. And again, they'd make a list of questions or comments that they had. And they were great. They made amazing editors. There was feedback I got from kids that just really, I think, added to making the story more concise, just making things make sense. you know, Or they'd find a scene that was too long, and I'd tighten it. So I found them really valuable. And then when I was dealing with you know the adult editors, I'd often take their feedback back to the kids and say, oh, what do you think of this? And then get their second opinion on it. So I found it really, really helpful to talk directly to them.
0: And and since you're writing for such a specific age, do you ever feel that you have to hold back for certain words?
1: You know, I've never worried about that. I think the best thing when you're writing for kids is, is assume always that your reader is very intelligent, and they can always look up a word if it's something that they don't understand but pretty rarely. I mean, kids in that age group love to read. They usually absorb many, many books at a time. So the odds of saying something they don't understand is actually fairly slim. It's more thinking in terms of, is your content appropriate for the age group you're writing for? You know, is it what they're going to enjoy? So in this story, you know, the kids are, they're middle graders, you know, they're doing friendship and loyalty and they're learning about themselves and each other and kind of how they fit in the community. And whereas you if you were writing let's say a young adult novel you might have more you know going on that first date or they're dealing with drugs or more of a high school related issue so keeping that content in mind is important when you write but more or less for them understanding they're pretty much going to understand what you try to say as long as you're open and honest to the way you're writing they'll feel it they'll know you're being genuine
0: how do you go about developing your plot? Do you, what structures do you use to map out your plot?
1: In a way, for me, the story almost tells itself. Like, what I'll do is I'll have an idea in my mind. So I know there's certain sort of landmarks that are gonna happen in the story. In the first book, you know they're gonna explore underground. You know they're they're gonna have some personal issues. So you know there's certain things that are gonna happen. And I knew, you know, that they were gonna get into trouble and get buried alive. But I had no idea exactly how or when it was gonna happen or how they're gonna get out of certain situations. And I don't write from A to B. Like some writers will sit down and they'll just start at the beginning and they just write out and they'll have all these outlines and everything's very detailed. Whereas I'm more I'll write in scenes. So I actually wrote the ending of the book first, the later scenes and kind of dove into the middle when I started writing, and I wrote the very first chapter last. That took me the longest to write, because actually that's the hardest thing for me to write, is the very, very beginning, because it's like, oh, i got to actually start this somewhere, <laughs> somewhere logical. So it's almost like the way you make a film, where they'll shoot different scenes, and they're not in sequential order necessarily, and that's actually how I write. And then I link them all together at the end, and then say, okay, well, this scene actually does happen before this one. They actually have to enter the mine before they get buried alive. Yes, that's logical. <laughs> But I didn't necessarily write it in that order at
0: first. So when you were writing the first book, did you know that you were planning to write a trilogy? Or did the trilogy just happen during the middle of your writing, you realized?
1: At first I thought, okay, I'm writing one book. And then I realized it was a little too long to just be one story. And then for a while there, I actually thought it was going to be four books. Because I had some very general ideas of where you could end, like where book one would end, book two, book three, book four. And then as I was writing the second book I realized that it really does fit naturally as a trilogy like almost like act 1 act 2 act 3 of a play and so Going into the third book, you're going to have your big grand finale moment and start wrapping certain things up. So I actually like it better as a trilogy.
0: So when is the third book coming out?
1: So the third book is due out this coming spring, actually. So I'm working on it right now, and it's in a rough draft stage now. But it's definitely going to go to its beta readers as well, and it'll be interesting to see what they have to say. They'll be looking at the continuity of the first two, and what's in my head... And what I want to wrap up, I'm hoping they'll be able to say, oh, yeah, yeah, we can see what you're thinking. Yeah, because that's the tricky part about a trilogy is making the whole thing come together so that it makes sense and not like just have a book for the sake of a book kind of thing.
0: Now, with your book, do you use an agent or an editor? And when do they come in? to the mix all
1: right so i do have an editor and she comes in right after the rough draft essentially is done like the very first draft i like to just do it all like it's everything's just coming out of your head it's sort of write everything down like no censoring no editing and not even grammar you know you just write it's a little bit like a stream of consciousness kind of writing just whatever comes up you write it you write it you write it and sometimes i write a scene more than once as part of the rough draft. And once I start threading all those scenes together, so then I have to put them in some kind of order. And once it's in that format where there's an actual sort of arc to the story and the scenes have their logical flow, that's when I give it to my editor. And then she goes at it. And then it goes through several rounds with her after that.
0: So from start to finish, how long does it take you? From concept to the final product, produce a book and write a book and get it published.
1: That varies, actually. Each book has been different. The first one took many years. I think the first book just drags on and on and on because you go through this whole process. The second book was about a year to a year and a half. I'm actually writing it and the editing process and the whole steps it goes through before it becomes like a print book or an ebook. In this case, it's a print book. And the third book, though, is taking longer. So I'm actually at the two-year mark right now, which is kind of like, ah. Oh, I'm behind schedule in my own mind because it would be nice to get it out a little more timely. But it's just that balance question again with, you know, traveling, you know, back and forth, doing the different freelance work and writing the book. And now starting to do more school programs and library programs and actually, you know, looking into promoting the stories themselves. So all that suddenly become a whole thing on my plate that wasn't there before. So that, of course, cuts into the writing time. So it is taking longer to do the third book for that reason.
0: And do you have a method that you use to generate your titles for your books?
1: Oh, that I wish. Not really. I'm Titles are not my forte. So I often ask a lot of the beta readers or, you know, librarians and teachers, people who love reading <coughs> in general, for ideas, actually. And, uh, and also my editor as well. So, yeah, titles scare me. <laughs> I'm like, I'd love to come up with the perfect title. Because some people are really good at that. And I'm sort of like, well, hmm, uh, yeah. So I depend on others for the title.
0: Now to turn a little bit more to general questions about writing, what inspires you as a writer?
1: Lots of different ideas, actually. And like I say, I've been writing since I was a kid. So, you know, I might hear something like people talking, and suddenly I'll have a chain of thought. And I'll be thinking, oh, you know, what if this happened? Or like, I may interpret what I think they're saying, and it turns into a short story. A lot of it is, yeah, what would happen if a certain scenario happened? I mean, I can be sitting on the train, you know, and something happens on the train. and Suddenly I have this whole scenario of, you know, a train incident taking place and how the different people around me might react. And it turns into a scene. Um, it could be like a little train emergency or something.
0: And how do you feel about the current ebook market and how that affects print
1: when you write for the middle graders like the children's market it's still very much in the print book scenario which is good for me because i love print books. So my books are actually print only right now. And eventually they'll become ebooks. But there's more requests for the print copy. And it's going into hardcover, actually, within a couple months. So you'll be able to get hardcover for libraries, you know, softcover for kids kind of thing. And it's great because a lot of it's a birthday present. You know, they get autographed. So that's good. Eventually, of course, I'll have to deal with all the ebook scenario. But that's more for the more adult titles, where they have the bigger sales, I think, and the bigger demand. So I've, I've been lucky to kind of skirt that issue for a little while.
0: And then how do you go about communicating with a publisher to you know get your book published and get your book out there and promote your book.
1: That's quite the complicated process actually. Um, I think of publishing more like it's like a maze actually where you kind of have to find your way through all the various channels and some channels will work better for others and some will be blocked depending on how you've entered into this maze and who you've met. And the the most traditional method is first you write your story, have your idea, write it down, get that rough draft. It's good to have a complete idea, at least that first story. And it could be a trilogy or it could be a standalone, that's fine. And then often what people will do, and what I did is I started going to conferences and started meeting other writers. And from there you also meet editors and you meet potential agents. And you meet people been in the business for quite a long time who can share some of their personal stories, and then you meet other people like yourself who are just starting out. So you can form kind of a community. And the other good thing to do is find one or two people, or you could get a group. But if you can find a small group of people that are writing something similar, or you feel connected with, and essentially you form what they call a critique group. Although it could be a group that's more for support as well. It doesn't have to be just critiquing your work, but people you can talk about your writing, what's going on, keep you on target, keep your writing because it's easy to procrastinate, and when you're ready then you can share your work and start critiquing and then maybe share going to conferences and what they've learned and what you've learned. And that's a really good way to get started because there's a lot to learn about the industry. And everyone goes through this initial phase of not really knowing what's going on and you know what the etiquette is and who you call and stuff like that. And if you stick with the full traditional method, there's query letters that you can write that you send off to agents that you research to say, okay, this is the type of work I write, this is the type they represent, is there a match? And you start presenting that to them. If you're going for a larger traditional house like in New York City, then you often work directly through an agent. If you're publishing through a smaller house, it could be like a small press, a regional press, a university press. Often they actually work without dealing directly with an agent because it's all built on the commission system. So usually the agents are dealing with the bigger houses and the bigger sized advances. And when you go with a smaller house, you're dealing with smaller advances. So it kind of depends, again, where you are in the maze and how you kind of navigate your way. Again, the conferences and a workshop and meeting other writers is a really good way to get started and to figure out how you maybe want to, approach it because it can get a bit complicated
0: and then finally what advice do you have for writers who are wanting to write their first novel or are in the middle of writing their first novel
1: for me personally finish the novel before you show it to anybody like do that rough draft because I've noticed a lot of people will join like a critique group and they'll start going to the conferences and they'll start putting their work out there but often it's a little too soon it's almost like if, if you show your work while it's still in a very rough phase you can often get well stalled essentially it can cause a writer's block actually if you have a story thats it's still forming, it's almost it's very tender. it's like it's a little baby, you should protect it. I know that people will want to get started and jump into the groups. But I would say write everything. Like don't let anybody look at it. Just write that story. And no matter how silly it may seem to you, Or if you think the next day, oh, what did I write yesterday? Just keep writing and writing and writing. And then when you feel like you have this full sort of rough draft, that's the perfect time to start meeting up with a critique group and talking about it. But you can always have a support group first. If you can find some people to kind of be your your colleagues, that is a huge, huge help because it's a tough thing to do on your own. Just moral support even makes a big difference. And then once you're at that phase and you start polishing, that's a great time to start going to the workshops, going to the conferences, listening to the editors talk about different projects they've worked on and, and start learning the business it's it's a long slog to get started
0: and then do you have anything you'd like to promote
1: well book three is hopefully coming out target is this spring what I'm hoping to do long term is just influence in my case how girls are portrayed in like children's books but just encourage other writers when you're on the fence and you have a character instead of defaulting to let's say a more stereotypical character think twice and say well what can this character do that maybe is different that they might do in real life and not necessary in, in a stereotypical story setting and just kind of challenge people to think outside the box that's kind of what I'm hoping Hoping to do with these books build up enough of a following to encourage other writers to go oh yeah this is what happens when you write unconventionally and to do more of that oh and i do have a website which is all one word the that's the name of the trilogy
0: thank you for listening to this week's podcast and as always subscribe to this podcast so it finds you and you don't find it wherever podcasts are found until next week everybody have a wonderful week